approach to kind of the continuum of theories around excelling in generosity. And this is all as we look forward to uh, next weekend, which is uh, going to be our commitments weekend next weekend, which I'll talk about a bit more later. Now, I just want to put it out there straight away. You know, giving is one of those subjects that none of us like to talk about, or at least very few of us. But the Bible encourages us to excel in this area. And you shared this verse last week. It's from uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. Um, and it says this, that since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I love that last line. See that you excel in this grace of giving. You know, I believe it's a critical part of doing life well as a follower of Jesus. And, and giving really is one of the most tangible ways we can demonstrate our faith and demonstrate what is really important to us. One of the things that we often say is that our bank statements and our calendars, i.e. what are we do with our time and our money, those are the things that truly say and show what comes first in our lives. And I think there is this fundamental connection between how we think about and what we do with our money and how we are doing in our spiritual life and how we are doing in following Jesus. And talking of Jesus, Jesus spoke a lot about money. You only have to look through the Gospels in the New Testament to see that half of his parables don't talk about money. If you take Luke's Gospel, one in seven of those verses talk about money. And so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a few thoughts from the following chapter in Ecclesiastes 2 Corinthians as he continues his theme of excelling in this grace of giving. And so as I talk, I just want to really encourage you to be thinking about your own giving. And you may be really challenged even by that word. Note that, you know, acknowledge that in your heart that this is a challenge to you. But I would expect that the Lord is going to speak to you as you do that. Now, if you're not yet a Christian, Andy said this last week, but, you know, it's great that you're here, but you're off the hook because this lesson is still Christian. And so we hope it's still helpful to you. But, you know, we, we, um, we are going to share these verses together. And I just want to really encourage you to kind of uh, take on board what he's got to you today. So I'm going to read these verses and then I'm going to pray for us today. So this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to start reading from verse 6 this morning. And it's entitled Generosity in Knowledge. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies meat and seed to the sower and bread to food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, 
service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience, the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers, for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Shall we pray together? Lord, I thank you so much for these words that Paul wrote to those who are today. And Lord, I thank you that there is so much in there that we can apply to our own lives today. And so Lord, I pray that you would speak through the words that we've read and you speak through the things that you've placed on our hearts we would become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I want to start this morning by um, sharing three ways from this passage that I think we can grow in excelling in this devoted life and growing in our own generosity. So let's start from beginning. Verse 6 says this, it says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously also reap generously. Have we experienced that in life before? You know, when we, we put in the effort, we see results, don't we? When we go to put in the effort, we get something. You know, it's a long time since I've sat an exam, but I still like to tell people that exams weren't really an area of strength for me. And perhaps there is some truth in that, but in reality, it wasn't the exams that were the weak point. It was the fact that I was So good that I became an expert in tidying my own room as a teenager, which is quite remarkable. And in reality, I didn't put the effort in that I needed to see the results that I, I wanted. And in many cases, that is what showed up. Or a few weeks ago, I was looking outside the back garden through the window. And I mean, I, there's only one word for it, and jungle was the word that would explain what I could see there. You know, I, I half expected to see a wild animal jump out on me as I went walks outside. You know, I really wanted the grass to get shorter, but by looking at it and hoping and thinking about it, God has told me nothing happened. You see, you actually have to put some effort in and get the lawnmower out to see any change. And I think it's the same with business, though, isn't it? When we, when we put the effort in, when we sow generously, When we put other things first, you know, our own needs, our own wants and desires, you won't see the fruit that you long to see. So if we want to sow generously, I think it all starts in this place of recognizing what he's given to us in his great grace and how we choose to apply to that. So verse 16 says this, it says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Everything that we have is from God. We have so much to be grateful for. The clothes on our back, the food and drink that we're able to consume, even the very breath that we breathe. And it's just the ultimate gift of Jesus, God's one and only Son, who died for us. See, 
giving, I think, is a primary way of saying thank you for what you have given us. In another one of Paul's letters, this time to the church in Rome, and you can read this in Romans 12, we talk about this. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You see, giving is an act of worship, of offering what we have to God who has given us everything. And generosity should be a natural response when we encounter the generous and service in our lives. You know, in my own life, how it looks like for myself and it has in my life, is that our giving is the first thing that comes out each month. Every single month is the first thing that will appear on the bank statement. And like the rest, this is pastoral staff and other, other people around the church. You won't see a clean money into the bucket each week because all we give, we give the first half of what we earn straight from our bank account. More, more than that, it just helps me to remember that I'm mighty as I receive, so I want to give. And that's how it works. Freely receive and freely give. Now the second thing I want to point out from this passage is that when we give, God provides. Now this might not always be how or when we would like, but that is a promise to us. Verse 11 says this, you will be enriched in every way so that
other words, as we stretch ourselves to our giving, there will be a sacrifice. There will be things that we cannot give. But we annually increase our giving to reflect what we earn. You know, we have jobs that seem so grateful to us that have come from God. But you know, we are on a journey together. We are trying to get better year by year, month by month. You know, and over the last couple of years, we've stretched ourselves further and increase our giving so that we can give to the new foyer that we've got over there, which I'll talk a bit more about later in front of church today also. You know, we've so, we've got so uh, a lot to learn in this area, but we are committed to growing in this personally, and we love being part of a generous church. You know, I want to encourage you, wherever you are, wherever you find yourself in this, to take a step today. This was shared last week. You know, we can think about taking steps in the same way as we would walk. Okay, so, you know, how do we walk? Anybody? One step at a time. So if you've never given at all, I would just encourage you to start by beginning to give something, anything, such as this thing to take a step today. And if you've given sporadically, if you just give every now and again when you remember to put something in your budget, I encourage you to start giving gratefully. You know, fill out a standing order form. You know, you can pick that stuff up free from your bank account. Put your tax details in there. If you give regularly, I encourage you to think about beginning to tithe. Now, tithe is quite an old-fashioned word, but it literally just means giving 10% of what we earn. It's a real, real biblical principle, um, and it can be a helpful thing to start today. And then, if you do tithe, I would want to encourage you to give extravagantly, to give generously. And that's what Jesus talks about all the way through the Gospels. He talks about being generous givers. And the third thing I want to talk about this morning is how when we give, our giving is not stopped. You know, one of the things I love about giving to the Good Society is how my own personal generosity is noticeable. And as we all respond in generosity, rivers like these is able to fulfill our vision. You know, I love what God has called us to do as a church. And we've got a couple of pictures up on the screen. Oh, you get a picture of what we're doing in Luton, in Luton Church. I love that we are a church made up of over 40 different churches. I love that together we get to worship God to love others, and to be Jesus in the world. I love seeing people change and communities transformed. And if you were around on Easter Sunday, you would have heard some incredible stories of people's lives being turned around, turned upside down, as they've encountered Jesus, as they've met people in this church. You know, as I give to Riverside, I know that an average of about 150 people a week from our local community put food before their house on a Sunday morning. I know that there are about 120 children and young people that get to hear about Jesus, that get to worship, that get to encounter him. We've heard already today how people in prison and detention centers get visited and get slight, you know, get input into their lives. We know that people in care homes are served. People are able to drop into our drop-in Thursday morning. We know that several hundred families are served by schools. 
experience of Jesus showing us faith. And that's why he's saying, yes, you can have faith in us. You know, there, there are going to be people in heaven because of this faith. Isn't that incredible? And through our giving, we are part of that. You know, we want our local church to make a difference in the community because of faith. And whilst it's great to give in far and beyond what it calls, we believe that it all starts with our local church, making a difference where God has placed us to be. Financial giving, you know, is not the only way to support local church, but it's a major way to show what we believe in and what, what we want. Now, anything that we put our money towards in this world, we know, we know this, don't we, that it will eventually wash away. You know, the things we love, you know, our sofa, might be your favourite place in the world. Our TV, your shoes, you might be on your shoes, your phone, and you can't leave your hand. But an investment in God's kingdom is an investment. I just want to flip on to the next slide, if you don't mind. There's a big number there. Does anybody know what that number relates to? Any guesses? One guess? That's it. So, bigger than that of money, we always have to claim back through good faith and generosity. It's an incredible amount, isn't it? Simply because people like you and I ticked the box. There was a tax man who gave us a money back. So if you are paying tax and you've never filled out good faith form, can I just say, please, please, please fill that in. It's such an incredible amount of money that is able to go and bless so many people. We think of schoolhouse, young vineyards, youth, all these different places that we feel passionate about, we love. Think of all that money that can go towards that. If we think about it, another way that we get to tick the box Just pray with us as we kind of go through some of these things. And I hope it helps us to remember. So, how do we give? Now, fortunately, this passage gives us, gives us a few pointers. You know, verse 7 says this Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So, in other words, prayerfully consider regular giving. You know, each year we keep a series on, on giving and our finances, and we, we encourage everyone at Riverside to review their giving. And one of the commitments we ask everyone to make as they're part of Riverside is to give generously and cheerfully as an offering. And so this series leads up to some amazing commitments of faith that's taking place next Sunday in our home, in our weekend services. So if you're in a small group or on a team, there should be a just next to Dave, I'm just going to, there he is. Can you point right? There you go. Ta-da, there it is. So if you are part of a small group or a team, there is a letter underneath that white, um, that white tablecloth there. Tablecloth will come off in a bit, I'm sure. Make it easier for you. Um, and you can simply pick up one of those envelopes. If there isn't one and you're already part of a group or a team, 
apologies to the two hundred that got away. But also there are plenty of unaddressed envelopes there as well. So if you're not yet part of a group or a team, I would encourage you to pick one of those up. Um, and we'd love you to be reading that letter. Have a look at that over the next few weeks. And, and we just want to ask you to carefully read the whole group book. So encourage the encouragement really is to think about it in two main areas. The first of those is around our regular giving. We often, as we said, we call that tithing. And I want to encourage each of us to think critically about that. And also how we can trust God further in this area. There's a healthy plot, um, a new brochure. There should be some around. Um, there should be some on the seats around. I can see a few around. It looks like this. This is a really helpful brochure to help you to, to unpack some of these things. There's a lot of questions in there, things like, should I give to the local church I'm part of? You know, yes, please. No, that would be a great way to uh, put your first part of your giving. Um, and the second thing, you know, perhaps around, um, you know, is tithing applicable to us? And, and, you know, I think that's a really helpful foundation for giving to giving. So have a look at some of the questions that are in there. Now, um, you know, we just, as we go through this, we just want to kind of give you a little bit of an update on where we're at with our finances. Okay, so... Um, I don't want to raise any concern, but you know, things are a little bit tight at the moment. You know, our costs with a new foyer and everything are a bit higher than last year. And I think the staff across the, you know, across the staff are doing a great job in, in managing that expenditure. But the area of greatest issue is around our giving income, which is 9% lower than it was last year, even though we're up about perhaps 10 to 15% across the UK. And this is starting to impact what we can do. And we just don't want it to impact even more significantly. So how can we respond? We, we can pray for that, first of all. But also we can give together. As I said earlier, we'd love everyone to take this next step in that. So if you've never given, uh, never given a small beginning to give, we'd love you to think it, it's about giving regularly, beginning to tithe as the giving strategy. Just really work out where you're at on that and just see where you can where you can take the next step in that direction. I'd just like to say, you know, being being part of a church is it's not like paying a fee for being part of a club where you you know you pay your ten pound or a dollar out or anything like that. Giving to a church is about growing in our own generosity. It's about growing in our own walk with Jesus. As we respond to the generosity that Jesus calls us to have. Now, the second area of giving is giving to the church centre development, which I mentioned earlier. And this really is giving above and beyond our regular giving. So our regular giving on one hand, and this week above and beyond as we give to the church. Now, you might have noticed the foyer um, come over the last year. You'll notice that you know, we come through this lovely foyer. It was only a year ago that we were coming in down the alleyway. So things have changed quite dramatically. You know, we've got a new uh, road entrance onto Airpark Way, which is made things a lot easier. You know, we run things like a drop-in cafe where you can play Jenga and have a look at the games. There's the stores that are meeting up there, you know, worshipping up in that space. We've got the gathering uh, that normally meet down that area. We've got Alpha, Connect, Freedom. We run Christmas and Easter services in that space. And where we're at now is we have the lift within, um, around the back, um, and we are finishing off the cafe as well. Now, when we give to that church centre development fund, we give above and beyond. 
welcomes the people that aren't even here. We get to be a part of blessing someone we might never even meet by being a part of their journey of faith. And there's really things ahead, so we're going to really be speaking to us as a leadership in Blandy and Bethany Senior Pastors um, and giving us vision to explore new expressions of who we are in communities around us in order that we could become one church in many places. So we shared this map before, um, and here are some possibilities across different places. But you know, as we explore all of this, we need to prepare for what God wants to do in our lives. We think we might be a church. And so we'll need to pray and we'll need to plan. And we'll also need to prepare financially. And we're reminded of what God said to Joshua, I think already, along with, uh, with Israel, who seems to be coming to them. And he was told simply to stick to his provision for them. Now, for us, practically, one of the things that would really help is to eliminate our mortgage. And Lee, to do that, we'd love to eliminate our mortgage. We come in standard at 400000 and we'd love for it to be eliminated. So I want to ask you, could you even consider today, this very day, could you prayerfully consider giving towards our church for that expensive development? I'll just want to advance you a little bit if you can. You know, you can do that in a bunch of different ways. That could be a one-off gift. It could be a pledge or it could be a monthly donation. We'd love you to be a part of that in your business. So if you're part of Riverside, I encourage you to pick up one of those letters. Um, and as you look at that letter, what you'll find is there's a response part. But please, you know, do prayerfully consider that and bring it along with you to one of our services in this coming day. Or if you're away, you can send that into the church some of you may be thinking, you know, I, I don't want to fill in a card because, you know, I'm giving, and it should be anonymous. You know, it's another one of the questions that, that, are, that, is, that comes in, in the generous giving brochure. Uh, we just want to point, you know, towards Matthew 6, where, um, sorry, Ma- uh, sorry, Mark 12. What, what he said, you know, in, in that place, Jesus draws um, the reader's attention, the listeners, the people that were around, to the widow's offering. You might have heard of the widow's mite. In other words, he sits there and he draws attention to that and he doesn't treat that gift as anonymous. And so we just want to say that actually I think it's really helpful that, um, that you know, not that we boast in our giving, but actually we are able to kind of keep that kind of confidential in the office. But actually it's really helpful that we, um, that we draw attention to that. So let me, let me just repeat that in a different way. So, um, you know, it's great that we can we, we have the opportunity to give. And so we just really feel that it's, it's helpful when you're kind of completing those gift cards, actually you send that in. It's a very confidential way that we go about doing that. So, so please do fill that out so we can then send money to you tax manners and that actually we can help you to secure your giving future. Now, let me just land with this. So we appreciate that talking about money isn't always easy. You know, but my heart is that we do really well in this area of life. In order that we can follow Jesus more fully in all areas of our life. And for me, it could start by saying yes to him in every area of our lives, including what we do with our money. And I think if we do that, we will 
allow ourselves to get free from the pressures that come with relying on ourselves for our own needs and our provisions. And we can lean on the one that can actually provide for us. So I'd love us just to, to stand together as, as we respond to one another. As I've been uh, you know, praying for us over, over this you know, last week, I, d- I just really sense that for many of us, that this is an area that's really hard for us. That we find this whole area of, of fear being really difficult. And that perhaps it's because of where we are financially ourselves. But perhaps we just find it really hard to let go and to let God be But I'd just like to invite our own spirit to come. And invite us and, and the band to come back as well. Thank you.